What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners. With prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know just how stressful trying to buy a house is right now. I mean, if you've attempted this process in Colorado, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's crazy out here. The market is just absurd. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen lenders with many products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And like I said, Mike and Virginia, they're just going to take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, not only are you going to enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat, you're also going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. What is up? We're talking about the Paradise Jam, a massive, massive victory for Colorado State men's basketball against Creighton on Sunday. 95 to 81 is the final. We will dive into the Buffs overtime victory on Saturday as well. Started slow against Duquesne, but able to pull it out, survive in advance another day. Both of these teams, man, they are they're scrappy. And I've, I've, as you guys can see, I got my Rams hoodie on, repping strong, a.k.a. Um, this is from our, our man Eric Weedham, a.k.a. the D-line. Jumped, jumped a little ahead of myself there, but... What a win. What a win for CSU. I uh, I can't believe just how well this Rams team shot from deep against Creighton in this one. They actually set a Paradise Jam record. 20 made threes, 20 of 34 in the game, 59%. David Roddy, mm-hmm. 7 to 10 from deep, 36 points. He has 66 over the last two games. Hank, I heard you talking about on Friday night how just how impressed you were with his ability to like individually take over a game. I mean, this, this was exactly like that, but it was a completely different performance. I mean, against Bradley, he did all his work down low, bullied him in the paint today. He lights it up from three. I mean, just as an outsider, I mean, how, how good can this Rams team be? Cause if you're beating Creighton by double digits, mm-hmm. you're for real. Yeah. I mean, with Roddy, like tonight it was totally different, you know, most, mostly because they just gave him the ball. Like in the first half of that last game, it, it was ugly. You know, there was what they they had twenty one points or something like that at halftime, and still every time Roddy had gotten the ball, he'd scored. But then in the second half, they finally got him the ball, and so they're able to come back and get the win and all that stuff. Today it was just they got him the ball, and it worked the entire game. Um, definitely really exciting for sure. Um, again, like this Creighton team still, still a question mark. You don't know that this is like a top 25 squad or, or whatever, but, but a, a huge point. win and a game that really wasn't all that competitive, you know, early in the second half, Colorado state kind of pulled away and that feels a lot better than the way things went in that first game of the tournament. But yeah, I mean, five and oh, everything that you want is still in front of you. Absolutely. And 
you know, I guess I haven't watched much of San Diego State yet this year, but you have to think that Colorado State is the favorite, if not really close to being the favorite in the Mountain West at this point. Yeah, I mean, San Diego State, they're going to be really good. They added Matt Bradley, a Cal transfer who's a gifted scorer, but just kind of going back to your point there about CSU pulling away in the second half in this one, Creighton actually opened over the first four minutes with a 15-4 run, took a lead, kind of seemed like they had some mojo going. CSU just completely slams the door on that. They they light it up, continue to shoot well down the stretch, and really, I mean, just kind of go for the throat. And, and the thing that was really nice about this performance is there weren't there weren't a lot of four shots. You know, there there were a couple, but I felt like a lot of these these attempts from deep were they were open, they were in rhythm, and it was just really good ball movement against a team that has a significant length advantage. Obviously, you know, we saw Bradley kind of give the Rams some trouble with their length in this one, and that's going to be a theme for CSU. You know, throughout the course of the season, how are they able to deal with the bigger teams? Today, you're going up against a big time forward. You know, uh, six foot seven Ryan Hawkins. He's a three-time, you know, All-American at the D2 level. Really, really a successful player. He comes in. He he has a nice game. I mean, I, I don't want to diminish him or anything like that. 13 points. Kind of slowed David Roddy down a little bit in the second half. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter that Creighton was the bigger team. It didn't matter that Creighton, you know, kind of has the brand name, the recognition coming in. CSU, like you said, really controlled this one for 40 minutes. Like, there was maybe three or four minutes where if you're a Ram fan, you're kind of sitting there like, oh man, if Creighton keeps this up and, and if CSU starts to go cold, maybe this one could kind of flip. That never happened. CSU kept lighting it up. They kept creating quality possessions and, and they kept knocking them down. And that's what good basketball teams do, right? Like sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of simple. Sometimes in football, good teams, they score more than the other team. Well, today, you know, CSU, they scored a hell of a lot more than Creighton did. And, I'm just pumped. I'm I'm really, really pumped. Obviously, it's been a brutal football season. I mean, CU at least, you know, played pretty well at home for CSU, pretty much just frustration after frustration and another weird loss for the the Rams football team last night in a in a shootout at Hawaii. But this mm-hmm. basketball team is rolling. And is it bold of me to say CSU right now should be a top twenty-five team? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it is, but why not at this point? Again, like you haven't seen them do anything wrong. And so you should be hyping them up like that, but you know, it, it's still early and still, I mean, the beginning of that game is kind of what you expected, right? You saw Creighton go out there. Uh, it, I forget who they played in the first round, but the, but that game, that was another one where they just Brown, blew the doors yeah. off their opponent immediately and, and then just took off from there. And Honestly, I kind of expected the same thing. And when you see it start to happen the way that it was going, it's what you you expect because you've seen it before. But they bounce back. And and to be able to to end a run like that when they do come out that hot, I it's 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 exciting for sure. And it makes you think that this Creighton team is pretty good because you've seen them jump on their opponent like that right out of the gate a couple of times now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting to be able to beat a team like that for sure. Obviously, a really big game from David Roddy in this one. He goes for 36, 13 to 20 from the floor. Just an insane shooting per seven percentage. 7 to 10 from deep. He came in with three made threes in the, in the four games prior to this one. I also want to shout out a couple of other individuals, though, because Deshaun Thomas was tremendous in this one. He was 8 of 15 from the floor, 5 of 8 from deep. 
he kind of plays that five role for CSU really, you know, probably best suited to be more of like a stretch four in an ideal world. You know, you'd pair him next to a more traditional center just with the given, like the makeup of CSU's roster. It kind of works out where he plays the big man, but we saw today with him being able to stretch the floor and knock down those perimeter jump shots. It just puts you in, in such a difficult position defensively, because if you chase him, He's going to drive on you or he's going to pass to one of the Rams cutting guards. They did a good job of that. And, and today, I mean, like I said, just clutched 21 points, 8 of 15 from three. On top of that, you get 17 points, 11 assists from Isaiah Stevens, 7 of 10 from the floor. This is after he went 2 of 12 against Bradley. He didn't force anything. He really didn't start looking to score until kind of later in this one. He was just, you know, happy serving as, as CSU's facilitator and I just think that's the greatest strength of this Ram roster. One is the continuity, but two, it's just the unselfishness. You know, you have a guy, Isaiah Stevens. This is a former pre, uh, Mountain West freshman of the year, preseason all-conference selection. Yeah, I'm fine with deferring to David Roddy all night. That guy's really fucking good. He's putting on a show. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I think CSU's ability to get, to get production from so many different individuals, you have seven guys hit a three in this one. It, it's the difference, you know, and it's what's going to make them just so tough. It's it's the depth that they present. You know, most teams are, are really comfortable going seven, eight guys. CSU comfortably going 10, 11 deep into the rotation. Yeah. And Roddy just didn't have any help that, that first game. Nobody else was doing anything. You have like Tanjay off the bench. Um, yeah, he had a nice little spark, a little but it's mostly just Roddy. Yeah. Absolutely. And still tonight, like you've, you've only got two other guys in double digits, but that's all that you need. Like if, if he's going to put up 36, you just need everybody else to not blow it. And, and they, everybody was efficient. And I guess that's the big thing is, is they're not chucking the ball up. Like, like I think that they did in, in the first game. I think that they did settle for quick shots. They settled for deep shots and, and Isaiah Stevens in particular, you know, flipping things around and, letting the game come to him more instead of feeling like ah, this offense is kind of stalling. Let's chuck up a deep three and see what happens. They got rid of that part tonight. And and that is so important, especially when you're playing a good team like Creighton. No, I mean, totally. You need your best guys to step up in these moments. I mean, this was, this is a statement win for CSU. I think your skepticism of Creighton, at least at this point is fair. They have five new starters, you know, coming into this season. They were undefeated, obviously, coming into this matchup. But, I mean, really, other than a win over Nebraska, who's, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-pack team in the Big Ten, not not a ton to pound their chests about. I, I will say, just based on the talent they have on the roster, some of the guys they've been able to bring bring in, I do think they're an NCAA tournament win. And I just think these are these are the type of wins you have to get as CSU. You know, you're, you're not necessarily going to get the recognition right off the bat. Obviously people were kind of dipping their toes into the excitement for CSU. They received some votes in the AP poll at the beginning of the season, getting a win over Creighton, whether they're, you know, as, as dominant as we've seen them in, in other seasons as not, it's just big for CSU. I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily perfect. You know, there were some instances in which Creighton was able to get hot it's definitely alarming that they got outscored 46 to 28 in the paint, but some of that also makes sense, right? I mean, if you're knocking down that many threes, you're not having opportunities necessarily to score in the paint. There were a couple of instances where Deshaun Thomas, James Moore, CSU's bigs, they were able to drive the hoop, get in good position, and, and just kind of didn't have the touch on some you know, attempts near the rim. By my count, there was about 10 points that CSU should have had in the paint just from those guys that they 
they kind of weren't able to convert on. But outside of the lack of length, there's just not much to nitpick with this team right now. Yeah, I, I mean, really, the only thing that you look at is just how that offense struggled in the first half of that Bradley game. Um, that's that's the only thing that really stands out as something where you say, ah, this, this is not a good look. And again, that's just them not playing the best basketball that they can play. You go out there, and how many times was it just like a, a dumb layup that they throw up over their head with 15, 20 seconds still left on the shot clock where you say, why would you take that shot? It's just not a good shot. Yes, you're playing Bradley. You still need to work a little bit to to put the ball through the hoop. Um, but yeah, as as long as they aren't forcing things offensively, honestly, as long as they're like kind of playing together and not too selfish in, in what they do, yeah, why couldn't they beat anybody? Just looking through the schedule, I mean, Northern Colorado, they should be able to beat them. Little Rock, St. Mary's, um, Mississippi State, I don't know much about them. Could be a challenge, but really, it's probably at, a tournament team. But really, I mean, definitely a lot of a lot of winnable games coming up. I mean, St. Mm-hmm. Mary's is always a challenge. They're a team that's going to contend in the WCC. Probably a, a a fringe tournament team. We'll kind of have to see how their season plays out. But you know, like you said, they just they kind of have to continue to build off of this. And and while the first half against Bradley wasn't the most positive thing in the world, the fact that they were able to respond from it, I think, is an encouraging mm-hmm. sign because. I mean, in the flow of a basketball season, there's just going to be some games where the shots aren't falling, where you're, where it feels like you're pressing a little bit offensively, and you just kind of have to stay afloat long enough until you figure some things out. You know, that's what veteran teams do down the stretch. They're able to just kind of feel feel out the process and and figure out what's working for them. CSU in this one, obviously, it was hitting shots from deep. They they continued at it throughout the game. They didn't really have to make a ton of adjustments other than. Really, I mean, dealing with with Creighton's length a little bit, you know, they they drew a couple of early fouls down low in the post, and I was worried that was going to be a bigger factor than it was. Again, they did get significantly outscored in the paint, forty six to twenty eight. But I don't know. I I don't want to nitpick too much on on a game where they were really potent offensively. But we're talking hoops today. But football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on either team to score. If they do, you're going to win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can also get some skin in the game with the same game parlay. This allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR, bet just $1 on either team to score, win $100 in free bets if they score, you score, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, new customers only, Colorado only, restrictions to apply, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Support for the DNVR Rams podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR. I mean, guys, if you have not smelled Manscaped's refined body wash yet, the ladies love it. I mean, it is awesome. It's kind of an earthy smell. Uh, My girlfriend, definitely a big fan. 
You and your boys will all be so fresh, so clean when you start off your self-care routine with the ultimate body wash. Obviously, the Performance Package 4.0 is the best on the market. Not only does this come with the Lawnmower 4.0, their fourth-generation trimmer, this has a ceramic cutting-edge blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor, a 4K LED spotlight. It's fast-charging. It's waterproof. This thing is as versatile as it gets. And it's convenient. It's clutch. Like I said, it's fast charging. Fits in your travel bag, which is always a big plus. Manscaped, truly the best on the market. Gotta love their free gifts that they include, which is the travel bag. I love this thing. This is just what they throw in as a freebie. It's the best shave kit I have ever had. They also throw in some really comfy boxers and a comfy t-shirt. Everybody loves a free t-shirt. Get hooked up with our homies over at manscaped.com and make sure you're using that code DNVR to get 20% off your order plus free shipping and so that they know that we sent you. This was a this was a, a nice couple of days, I think, for hoops fans in the state in general. Like obviously we'll talk about CSU significantly over the next couple of days. Really looking forward to seeing what happens, whether they they go against Southern Illinois or Northeastern in that championship game on Monday. But uh, a, a nice recovery win for the Buffs as well on Saturday. They they start slow against Duquesne, trailing at halftime. It, it kind of looks like it's going to be a really disappointing showing for the Buffs in this tournament overall. They respond, and, and they, they win it in overtime. What stood out the most to you about that Buffs win and, and just kind of their resolve in it? I mean, it, this is the way the season's going to go, and we knew it coming into it. It's going to be a roller coaster every game is going to be a real struggle because you're going to have more talent than just about everybody you play. And and we saw that where, you know, Tristan De Silva and Jabari Walker, they're beating the other team up in the post, but just making a couple mistakes. Um, there, there isn't too much scoring punch, you know, even looking through the numbers to see that Keyshawn Bartholomew is two of two from three. You see that and you're like, how could that possibly be the case on a night where the team is four of 19 I, I think their first three came with like five minutes left in regulation. Um, was their second three the one that that sent it to overtime? Yeah, it's what sent it to overtime. Yeah, it, like their three-point shot just has not been falling so far in this tournament, which is definitely disappointing because they were leading the Pac-12 at 46% from three coming into the tournament, but they're shooting in their home gym to this point. And at some point, you just got to get used to shooting somewhere else. We'll see what this means. You know, I'm not sure that that Colorado is a 46% three point shooting team. I also don't think that they're like a 20% three point shooting team <laughs> yeah. at this point. So, just with a young team, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? I, I mean, we don't know. They definitely don't know either. And it's just going to be when they win a game, it's not going to be pretty. That is not this year. That is next year, the year after. The question is whether they can pull out enough of these games to get to the tournament. And so far, they've they're four for five making it happen. Well, I guess the main game they did win pretty easily. But they're three for four in these games making it happen. And it's it's gonna be an adventure every single night. So obviously, I mean, there's there's always gonna be a challenge when you have to replace as many guys as CU did from last year's roster. Obviously a really mm -hmm. talented team. They had a win in the NCAA tournament. I think there's a lot of excitement, particularly with the young players that Tad Boyle's been able to recruit. You mentioned the shots, you know, especially from three point, at least in the Paradise Jam, they they haven't exactly been falling. How much of that is just the shots aren't going down? I mean, is the shot selection good? Did you like, you know, how they created over these last two games, especially compared to how they were at home? 
you know, it might be a case of the shots just aren't falling, you know? Yeah. And I, I honestly think you just kind of have to wait and see. Like, it seems like for the most part, they're taking good threes. Like, it's, it doesn't feel like they're forcing them up. Because um, it's hard for me to nitpick, you know, because that was CSU at times last year. Statistically speaking, they were one of the top three-point shooting teams in the Mountain West, but they were also really streaky. Like, it would be games where, you know, like today, where it, it seems like they can't miss, and then all of a sudden, they'd have another game where they they miss 13 straight. And it, it all evens out over time, but when they're not falling, it, it really just starts to add up and, and compound. And one of those things where it's like, is it? It's not necessarily bad offense. It's just we're just not taking advantage of the opportunities we're creating. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's just other weird things that happen. You know, Eli Parquet, Elijah Parquet, he slips on the court, looks like he tweaks something, and you're just like, well, this is this was bound to happen. People have been slipping all over this court for so long, and he still winds up playing 30 minutes. But you see him go to the bench, and he's sitting there for that stretch. He's I, I don't think he closed the game out which is weird. So I'm not sure if there's still something that's kind of like nagging him there, but there's just, there's always going to be things like that in a college basketball game. Just whatever the weird little tweak is. Somebody, somebody hurts his leg a little bit. Uh, somebody's in foul trouble. Just those Especially sorts of things. These, no rest sure. like in between the games and it just such a short turnaround for sure. But yeah, I mean, you wind up with Tristan De Silva in foul trouble and it's just not a team that has, a lot of room for error just because you know that they're bad things are going to happen to them because they're all 18 or 19 and it's just the, the world that we live in and you gotta find a way to win. And they were able to do it against Duquesne one more game in this tournament who they have now they'll have, uh, um, oh, I can't on, but, but yeah, one in the, the Brown game. Yeah, but then they go to the uh, they have the home game against Stanford. Then they're at UCLA, and then they're home against uh, Tennessee, and that's going to be a really, really telling stretch because there's a chance that they go in there and they get blown out, and there's a chance that they go in there and it. I honestly think it's going to look kind of similar where they give up a lead and then they're able to claw their way back, and then they give up another lead and they're able to claw their way mostly back. And then they wind up, I would guess, just coming up just short because you can't expect to win all these close games against better teams. But we're starting to get a feel for what this team is, at least. So what is what is the sense amongst Buffs fans right now? Because obviously, Ram fans are riding high. The team's 5-0. and They've got a big win over Oral Roberts. They've got a big win over Creighton. The Buffs, I mean, they only have one loss. Somewhat of a disappointing showing against Southern Illinois, but I mean, you and I talked about it on the preview show. That was deceptively kind of a difficult draw in that opening round. Like we we both said, we thought they would be a bigger challenge than either of the teams that CU would have to ultimately face if they were able to move on. Mm-hmm. Are are Buffs fans feeling good, especially after the the overtime response, or is it kind of a wait and see deal? Especially because I mean, let's be real, Duquesne's not a very good basketball team. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like it's more of a wait-and-see type of situation. Like, you just can't... I think everybody's still really, really excited about this team, but you know, coming into it that are they are they a tournament team? And I think it's probably less than 50-50 that they were a tournament team. I thought that they'd find a way to get hot late and get in, um, but it was more likely an NIT season. And when you're looking at things through that lens... Sitting here in four and one at this point, 
isn't really that bad. Um, especially, I haven't, I haven't been paying attention to the Pac-12 these last couple days. I know that they got off to a pretty hot start. Um, they had a couple, was it two uh, overtime losses a couple of nights ago? But the thing is, like, if, if they win, what is it, 75% of their non-conference games, they'll get half of the conference. Is it five or six that they get in to the term if they win? So something like that. Um, and, and at least the early returns there are good, which means an NIT trip should be very easy. Um, and and who knows? Maybe they're able to, to kind of work their way into the field afterward. But this is what you expected. It's a young team. And... They they do a lot of things that are a lot of fun, and they do a lot of things. We're like, KJ, stop sprinting every time you get the ball. <laughs> just, just, they, a lot of the time, it works. Sometimes you just dribble it off your leg or fall over or something. It's just that's that's not it's not sustainable. And it's just figuring those things out, figuring out the footwork in the post, figuring out how to use your size to beat somebody, how to use your just. It's it's going to be a, a bit of a project this season, um, but they're so talented that it might be a project that winds up in the tournament. Well, and one of the fun things about that is you get to watch the team grow together. I think that's what makes CSU so beloved right now is this is a group that's over the last three seasons, you know, they've worked through those growing pains of some nights looking like a bunch of freshmen that, that don't know what they have to do to this point being a, a legitimate top 25 team. And we don't necessarily see a ton of that in college basketball, especially in the transfer era. So many guys going one and done, two and done. But I mean, CU and CSU, I think you're you're both in a position where if you want to establish long-term success, building it from the ground up is kind of what you have to do. And Tad Boyle, he's always been a good recruiter, but really of lately, he's just done a great job of bringing in young talent. I mean, some of the guys they brought in locally are really exciting. You know, O'Brien and, and Clifford and, and Lawson Lovering, a guy, you know, up from uh, Wyoming who's, who's just got great potential. As, as just purely a college basketball fan, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this CU team kind of matures and, and progresses over the next couple of months. I, I like their potential. I still feel pretty good about them sneaking in as a fringe NCAA tournament team, but you're going to have to win some big games. And, and that's just kind of part of the process. We've gotten kind of general here. I want to get your opinion on kind of individually who made the biggest difference for CU in this Duquesne victory. Because obviously when you look at CSU the last couple of games, you can highlight Deshaun Thomas. You can highlight Isaiah Stevens. But it's been the David Roddy show. It's been all about him. For CU, for me, it kind of felt like Evan Batty kept things afloat, at least down the stretch in that second half, both offensively and defensively. I just felt like he gave them a spark. Do you agree with that? Or is, is there someone else that you kind of felt like made the ultimate difference in that one? Yeah, I think that that's probably a good one. I, I think what he started, was it four of four with those jumpers in that game? You just need something like that to happen. Like you need somebody to be knocking down those shots. And do you expect Evan Batty to be knocking down every 18 footer that he shoots all season? No, but he was able to in that game and somebody had to be able to in that game. Uh, so I think that's a definitely a good place to start. And I think that that's probably going to be the place where you're getting stability more often than not this season. Um, you know, you Jabari Walker four of 15 from the field, but I personally didn't feel like it was that ugly. Like I thought that he was converting more of the attempts down the post, plus what thirteen rebounds. Um, but that's another spot that you look and just say, if you could just find a way to put two more of those in the basket, so many are so close that you should be able to do that. Then you don't have to worry about overtime. Then then you're up six points as this thing winds down. And that's the thing about college basketball is if you go to overtime, it's a really bad look. 
But if you beat basically any team by, you know, six points, seven points, it's tough to complain about it. And four of 15, you knock that up to seven of 15, six of 15, where it should be. That that is the difference. You know, Elijah Parquet, three of 11, kind of that same thing there. They just didn't have enough guys who were efficient shooting the ball. And the guys who were efficient were, you know, Luke O'Brien coming in off the bench who knows his role and got his job done. Um, Nick Clifford, similar, but you just Keyshawn needs to needs to be really good for this team to be good. And five of eight from the floor for 12 points. It's not bad, but it leaves you with some question marks when that's what he gives you. You just want him to be more aggressive. Yeah. I mean, you want to be more aggressive. You kind of just want a shot to fall more. So he's confident to take more of them. Um, when the buffs were winning early in the season, it was because they were getting 20 points per game out of Keyshawn. And when you're not getting 20 points per game out of Keyshawn, those just need to be made up somewhere. And that's it, again, it's just kind of a gamble every night where you have all this talent. You don't know who's going to do it. And to be fair, I guess it was a pretty well-balanced effort. You have five guys in double figures just didn't feel like there was a straight up, go-to option necessarily in that game. Yeah. I don't know. I um I was impressed with the way CU was able to respond down the stretch in this one. I will say I have the buffs, I believe, were 10 point favorites, or maybe it was 10 and a half point favorites. I actually assuming that they were going to respond from the win against Southern Illinois, bought it up a little bit to get it at plus money at at minus 11 and and there was an instance where C was up by nine in overtime and they had an opportunity. I was like, Oh my God, I might actually get this on a back door here. Mm-hmm. And Southern Illinois ended up making a shot and they cut it yep. to seven. I was like, all right, well that's not going to happen. But ultimately, you know, I think you got to like the resolve. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you want to see them come out and maybe not put themselves in a, in a halftime deficit kind of similarly to CSU take what they had in that Bradley game, build off of it, look a little bit better in the next outing. But all in all, I think both of these teams are are getting what they hope for in this tournament. And that's just getting valuable minutes for the entire roster, playing in competitive matchups, and also just kind of getting a a feel for that tournament style game. Because obviously Mm -hmm. you're going to have to do that again in the Pac-12 tournament. There's going to be moments where in conference play, you know, you're tired, you're worn down, you got to play two games in a week and it, it kind of tests you. And I think that's just kind of the, the lens you got to view this through if you're a team, a fan of either of these teams is ultimately that the goal was to try and go to the championship and it would have been really fun to have a Rocky Mountain showdown in that championship. But ultimately, like what they want to accomplish is, is you know, yet to be yet to happen at this point. All of their goals are still ahead of them at this point of the season. For sure. For sure. And you just, it's going to be a struggle. It is going to be a struggle. We'll see what happens. All right, we got a question here from my man, Jason. Justin, after seeing the teams in the Mountain West play a few non-conference games, how do you feel about the Rams getting through conference? Am I wrong or does it look tough? To oh, it. the Mountain West is as deep as it's been in a long time. I mean, you had UNLV go toe-to-toe with Michigan the other night. Utah State has looked really awesome. Justin Bean has just taken his game to a new level since Niamis Kata moved on. I, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, even Nevada, who people are making fun of at the moment after a one and three start, really disappointing. I mean, their their at-large chances are are slim to none at this point. I, I still think they'll play a factor in the Mountain West, though, just with the talent that they have on the team. 
anyways, as you can tell, I, I can ramble about all these Mountain West teams. Even Wyoming, I think, is is really going to challenge guys that at certain points this year, I said preseason, CSU probably splits with them just because it's so tough to to beat a talented team twice in the season. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about CSU on the Rams pod, obviously, and, and Henry will dive more into the buffs individually on the buffs pod. Really, really encouraging stuff. I think ultimately you would have liked to have seen a little bit better showing from the bus on this one, obviously let down though. We're not going to get a Rocky mountain showdown, but these teams are growing and you know, I, I still got my, my prediction of CSU winning it all. We'll see. Obviously, you know, they're going to have to survive Northeastern or Southern Illinois. And, and you don't want to overlook either of those teams, but I think it's safe to say the Rams are probably going to be double digit favorites, if not close to it in this title game. I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond. I'm looking forward to seeing how the bus respond too. It's going to be a fun basketball season. Hank, thank you so much for joining me to everybody tuning in. Thank you for listening to our show. We'll have another live show tomorrow breaking down what happens in this paradise jam and then just kind of what to take from it moving forward a, a little bit more than what we did tonight. But uh, if you're a CSU fan, you're feeling good. If you're a bus fan, you're feeling good too. Wins are wins. And that's what it's all about. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow night. Much love. Peace. Thank you.